0: E
1: Report is happening, is supposed to be happening. Well, there was a glitch. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. The show is going to actually start now. <laughs> show here at CITR Radio at 101.9 FM, broadcasting live from the unceded Musqueam Territory in Vancouver here at the UBC Point Grey campus. I'm so excited you are tuning in today, and we have a lot of cool um, things to talk about today. And we're going to start with show with two different interviews. One of them is about Hysteria, which is a very cool play, which is actually starting tonight on the 18th. And we'll be running for a week or two. Well, you'll hear more about it on the interview. And the second one is about the documentary, which is going "Assholes: A Theory," which is going to be um, shown at VIF this year. And we're going to have a little sneak peek at it. Very cool, very cool. And then towards the end of the show, we're going to have a few reviews. So stay tuned in. Uh, And right now, we're going to listen to the interview with the cast of Hysteria. Hello, everyone. This is Lua, and I'm so happy to be here today with the cast of Hysteria, um, Jill, Iza, and Kapila. And Hysteria is a play that is going to be put on by the Direct Theatre Collective at the Aventa Theatre from September 18th to the 21st. And let's talk a little bit more about what Hysteria is about. So would you, would you like to elaborate what Hysteria tackles?
2: Sure. It w- what this show is really about is how technology has kind of infiltrated and continues continues to infiltrate our lives, um, but with specific regards to um, consent and um, kind of sexual dynamics um, that we find ourselves in. Kind of post Me Too, I think is probably the best mm-hmm. way to describe it. It's being described as somewhere between like Black Mirror meets The Handmaid's Tale as being something that people have said that it makes them think of. So
1: yeah. Awesome. And so, is there technology involved in it?
3: Yes,
2: there's a
1: lot of technology. This uh,
3: is set in a world that is uh, overly technologized and. Good word. Yeah, <laughs> Over technologized, and they try to find Im- answers or solutions to big problems using technology. And you'll have to come and find out if it works or it doesn't. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean,. It doesn't. You can- <laughs> yeah, but that's, I think that that's something that, we, we, yeah, you, we really tap into trying to solve human problems with technology, which is the way that the world is going, right? Yeah. So it's like finding, people are trying to find solutions that they really truly believe will help society, but um, that's not always the way it works. Yeah. And so do
1: you incorporate the technology within the play or is this more like something that you talk about but is not present in the play?
2: um it's present in the play we have we have things like the smart kind of the smart home idea right. um we have like a a robot called Seraxa who is like the you know Siri slash Alexa slash Google Home <laughs> um person and and the app in the story which is which is being tested and developed is is this right consent app um so there are There are technological aspects in the play, like we also, um, we have filmed elements and like voiceovers, and um, last time we had a whole bunch of projections. We're not using projections this time, um, but we are using some film media elements, so it's multimedia as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love multimedia shows. They're always
1: a lot of fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So this is not the first time it's being produced. This is the second time. And what was the feedback last time and what has changed since last time besides the projections?
3: I think we had, honestly, such good reviews uh, from from last year at French Festival. And we uh, received
2: three awards. Yeah. Well, no, two awards two and, and one crit- Critics' Choice Nom. Because, yes, yeah.
3: Yeah. So because of that, that's why we decided to, to do this reincarnation this year and bring it back to the stage. Because we knew that it was something that um, got really good reviews. The audience uh, received it great. Like, yeah, they, the audience received it, and we we still had to keep the conversation going.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I was I was most surprised by the amount of people that reached out, like, personally to members of the cast afterwards, uh, yes. you know, saying how the show had affected them or, like, conversations that they had had or, um, you know, like... Uh, incidents that had happened to them in their life that were brought up by the play that then made them have a, you know, have a conversation with, I had an email from a friend of mine who said, like, she had been assaulted as a teenager and she'd never spoken to anyone about it. And then after the show, she, like, spoke, had a conversation with her mum and how, like, wonderful, like, how the show had helped her to open up and start to help a healing process, which I just think, yeah, was when we realized, like, Oh, this is this show is important. And it and it is opening these conversations, which is what we want to happen. We want it, uh, you know, last year we were like, we want the show to feel like a conversation. Yeah. We want the conversations to continue after the show. And it certainly felt like that was the case.
3: And we also had uh, male audience members who
2: felt <laughs> we did. And we that... and you can come to the show if you are a male. This is
3: important to stress. <laughs> but
2: we had uh, male
3: audience members who through this um, experience in the play, found the way to approach their female friends or uh, family members to start the conversation, which because we would expect that it was only directed to and targeted to women, mm-hmm. or mainly, and that they would be um, impacted or touched in a way. But it actually also happened with with uh, guy friends who yeah. we know and came to us and told us, hey, this... Opened a door for me that I knew that was there, but I never really wanted to cross. I never really wanted to open, and mm-hmm. and now I feel like I like I'm a little like responsible now to just you know approach my friends and let them know that I'm here in case mm. they need something. So yeah, that's also um, how we, we knew that we had like a meaningful
2: project in our in our yeah. plate. Art is able to kind of infiltrate um in a way that news isn't right like we're all so bombarded all the time by news and I think that around this time last year actually was like when there was a lot of that furrow around me too it was very much like going on and I think everyone was just like oh for god's sake like I don't I'm like I'm just gonna switch off right you think of like all the news around Donald Trump you find it hard to like it's just like uh, I just, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. I'm just going to ignore that it exists. And this year, it's really interesting because when we were talking about redeveloping this, it was like, oh, everything's suddenly gone really quiet. But that's not because everything's fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Things have just gone very quiet. So um, yeah, we we really felt like, it, with the feedback that we had from last year, with being able to redevelop the show with the fantastic new cast members that we have, um, yeah, that it was in, important to... Yeah, to bring it back and give more people the chance to experience in the hysteria. Yeah,
1: I was very interested on. Well, when I first read about the show, was very like, okay, the Me Too area, this makes sense. But at the same time, it's like, for the past year, it's been almost nothing, Mm -hmm. very, very little back with the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. And I agree, like, it's not because anything's fixed. Yeah, and there are conversations that still need to happen. And then my next question becomes, the title hysteria. Where does it come from? And there are there any connotations? Because the first thing I thought when I heard hysteria was like, is this something with a connotation to the disease that women were diagnosed with and I want a disease like big air quotes there because it was literally like if a woman is sad, oh she has hysteria.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, if she's sad, she's hysterical. If she's sexual, she's hysterical. If you know, if she's fighting back, she's hysterical. Um yeah that's the, the the whole like the sexual disease that women were diagnosed with was definitely a huge part of it also um the kind of outrage culture the kind of like everything is just in a melee and like say there's so many voices and everyone's just like shouting at each other but no one's really listening to to what's actually happening um yeah I think that it was it was a culmination of a few of those things do you, do you have anything to add to that not really. Great. I think I you answered just said it perfectly. Yeah. Well, that's that's
3: exactly what, what it is, and we're trying to, we're we're looking to step out of those boundaries. I know this reference comes from way back when, but still, sometimes you hear it. Still, people
2: use it. Yeah. It's, it's you know, every, women being hysterical. Be,
3: women. Oh yeah. To to yeah. describe the state of a woman who is outside a certain comfortable. Boundaries of emotion, right. call it anger, call it fear, call it uh, pain, sadness, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's still kind of used in a very comfortable way when it's like, hey, it shouldn't. Yeah. Just uh, because she's expressing herself.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing that, that um, got me about it was it, it, when you say someone is hysterical, also you can be like hysterically laughing or hysterically crying as well. Like if you describe someone as hysterical, it can be both of those things. And something that we really explore in the play is where is this line between uh, humor and comedy and like devastation? Um, so that was also something that, you know, was very much part of why we, we chose that title. Um, yeah, because there, there's definitely like, you will definitely laugh during the show. And then you might also get, like, punched in the gut
4: a little bit. You <laughs> get really uncomfortable. <laughs>
2: Spend your money now, patrons!
4: <laughs> well, Ellie, that's good, right?
1: Like, feeling uncomfortable means that it will make you think. And if it makes you think, then the place serving its purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also heard that there's... New songs that are coming into this production. Yeah, is it, is it a musical or is it just there yeah. are songs involved?
3: I would say, just as it is multimedia, we already said that it is also multidisciplinary, totally. Yeah, so we have music, we have songs, as you say, as you were original saying, original songs, original yeah. songs. Um, we have dance, we have
2: puppetry, puppets,
3: Puppetry, Oh, yeah, poetry, okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Get, and, and no
2: spoilers around the puppetry in the show, it's amazing though. Yes, yeah, poetry, etc. Like,
3: we try to also include uh different disciplines, including all of the talents and all of yeah, the amazing skills that yeah. the cast brings, to, and, the, and to that's the table. why
2: you know this this time around, um, we have three new cast members um and so it was really important for us to like when we were casting these people to to draw from their talents and what that what they can bring that's very unique to them like um you know a lot of the new original music has been written by um florence who's uh also one of the cast members julia has a show with her puppet that is she's now developed a new small segment to go in this show you know, so, yeah, I'd, Kapila, how do you feel about kind of coming in, and what's your experience
4: been like? I feel really excited and nervous. <laughs> um, I think it's a subject that I feel like personally after hearing everything last year, I think I kind of just tried to, like you said, shut it away, like, it's, you know, sensory overload or too much um, sadness mm-hmm. to hear about, and so to be a part of the show has been really, in a way, therapeutic for myself, and I'm excited for, like, my mom and my dad to come watch it, which kind of make me nervous as well. Yeah. But it's important, you know, to, yeah. yeah. I think... Sharing th- personal stories is very... And, and, and I think in a lot of the vignettes, like, there are personal stories that are in there too. Yeah.
2: So, so I guess it's, it's also maybe interesting to explain that the show, um, it's it's scripted, so we have, like, a, a fictional ish world that's happening um, but then we also have vignettes that are dropped in that are outside of that world so you're able to get a sense of the grounding of like w- why this show exists mm-hmm.
3: that's when the music comes in that's when the songs or the dance or the puppetry comes in and there are moments <clears throat> to help also like alleviate the tension mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, allow for the flow of, of the story, because mm-hmm. it can't get, uh, yeah, it can't get very mm-hmm. hard to look at or listen or quite devastating. So all these little uh, vignettes are that, are that include different types of arts are to
2: actually release
3: that uh, tension that we we're building.
2: Yeah. So sorry to go back to your original question now that we've just gone through that whole loop. Um, it's not a musical in the traditional sense in terms of it's not like the character speaking and then they'll jump into song. There's, It's a play that also has filmed elements, musical elements like um, dance, puppetry, yeah. So multi-layered.
1: Yeah, yeah. So many layers. I, I feel that like every time <laughs> like you, a, I ask a new question there's a new layer that yeah, comes Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I'm very excited to watch it. And I want to go back to Kefila. Um, How did you become involved? Like, how did you find out about the show and why did you want to join it?
4: I am a, uh, I've been acting for uh, two years now. And so in that time, I I have been seeking my own work, basically. So I found the posting on Vancouver Actors Guide and got introduced to these fabulous, wonderful, talented, brilliant women. Um, yeah, so that's how I found it. And, uh, and then what was, what else did you ask me? Oh, how, was it, how has your experience been like? Oh my gosh, it's been, it's been awesome. It's like two days a week that I look forward to. Um, it's like uh, growth for sure. It's like, you know, the whole time that I'm there, it's like um, push and pull with uh, my feelings that I've been trying to stuff away. And yeah, it's been awesome. Ah, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an all-female cast, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh creative team, too. Awesome, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And
1: so it's really about these stories, about all these women, not mm-hmm. necessarily individual women, but kind of these shared stories.
2: Correct, yeah, because every everyone has a story that's somewhere that's somewhere on this spectrum, spectrum. of things that just should not happen. Um, you know every everybody has a horror story. Like every woman ha- has and you know that one of the one of the songs very much relates to that where it's like you know they're, everybody in this room will have had will have had something that's happened to them. That's not okay. How far in not okay that is mm. is, is going to be different but not okay on its own is enough <laughs> to, to the, yeah. that it shouldn't be happening. Um so yeah it's kind of looking at how society really from from such a y- young age it's so like ingrained into us in like tiny little ways like think about the ways that you you speak to babies right like little girls like oh she's so pretty like she's a princess she's so you know like even like she's so small or she's so delicate and with yeah, boys pretty, it's pretty like
3: girls don't get
2: mad yeah yeah like you know, all yeah. this stuff that that might seem innocuous right it's like well if if you see a little girl and she's pretty, like, why wouldn't you say that? that's a that's a compliment? Why wouldn't? But when it's all the time and that's all that's all she receives is is positive feedback on her looks, of course that's then going to become more deeply ingrained, right? And that's just like one example of how gender kind of constructs are really like placed on us um for men and you know and for for women like it's it's both like men get a raw deal from the way that things have been set up too it's like all of it is, is yeah. not good yeah. yeah
3: and just like for for us as cast members and crew members and creative team we all come from very different backgrounds very different cultures mm-hmm. uh different upbringings but we all have this same common ground, and this is where we meet, and this is where we share our stories, and we find that we're actually not different at all. That we all grew up with somehow similar discourse, and that we're all facing the same uh, challenges and breaking those boundaries that were set that were put on us as, as women of how you should behave, what you should say no to, what you should say yes to, um, what you should should and shouldn't allow. Uh, etc like but coming from different backgrounds yet we all find common ground mm-hmm. in this and that's something that's really uh that was really interesting for us to find from last year when we were devising the show and we were finding um all these uh, little stories and when we were shaping i guess the the show and now bringing new talent and new voices and and and, and new faces new and, stories and and new stories and we're still we're still just growing um, like this this it's i just kind of picture like a like a big snowfall of it's like just the snowball just keeps on growing and growing and growing but it's this, it's just made of like the same yeah, the same essence. I guess essence. The
2: same. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. It is. Oppressive it's oppressive
3: like, comments. I don't know how totally, to say it. Oh upbringing. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's it's really interesting that you that you bring that up actually. Yeah, that it that it is. We we have people, yeah, for, that have been brought up very differently and yeah, have different experiences and yet yeah, mm-hmm. somehow around the world and you know from different pa- you know like different styles of parenting you know all of this stuff.
4: We somehow all have shared experiences. Um, and I think there was something like just not, not comparing them, you know, realizing that they all have weight and they're all, they, they might be different in specificity, mm-hmm. but they're all um, trauma in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah. And so speaking
1: to that, is that, how did the first I seed of an idea for this play come about because it from what you're describing it feels that the process of it has been very therapeutic for both both screenwriters and actors alike mm-hmm. as in a moment to actually share those stories but where where's the seed of this
2: idea for this
1: entire production come from
2: um so i i love the fringe i'd like been wanting to apply to the fringe i'd applied two years in a row and like it's going to sound hard because, like, people apply to the French for, like, years and, and never get picked. But it was the second year that I that I had applied, and it's a lottery, right? So, um, and my name got picked, um, and I was like, oh, I guess I should <laughs> think of a show then. That's, and, it, and that was, like, literally right at the time that, like, my, you know, f- my Facebook social media feed was just full of, like, the Me Too stories. And I was, my first reaction to Me Too was, like, I felt kind of angry about it and conflicted because like why do we have to like bear our wounds in order to be have our voice be somehow respected or heard right it's like you know it and and it was upsetting it was upsetting because it was like it was a camaraderie coming from like I'm not gonna swear but like coming from (laughs) like absolute like the worst, the worst things. It was like we were finding camaraderie together through something that was like so horrific, and I and I hated that. I was like, I love camaraderie. I hate that it's coming together in this way. But um, I guess just knowing how much theater can be a, a vehicle for for change or for discussion um, or for evoking, like, or provoking different things. I was like. I don't really have a choice about what this show is about it it, like as soon as I saw that I was in the fringe I was like I know it's going to be a show with all women I know it's going to be a show about the stories that that we have um and finding a way to create something that was entertaining but also like important I wanted to I want to I was like I feel like this is a sign from the universe that I've been given this opportunity to make something, mm-hmm. um, and I and I already like kind of had this this like I love Black Mirror, so that influence is like <laughs> definitely clear in like the you know in the writing that I that I had parts of, um, but like the idea that technology is so much a part of our lives. So how how then how do these two things intersect? Right, the kind of post me to. Um, stories of women and also like technology is going to fix everything and technology is making everything easier and life is going to be better because of this technology. Like where, where do those things fit together? Um, Yeah. And and so I had some, some scenes written when we first, when the cast was first made last year, but last year the process was very much like we created everything. Like I brought these women together. I think I even, was it you that was saying when you first got cast? That's such a fun story. And you were like, I've been cast in this thing. People were like, what is it? And you are oh, like...
3: Yeah, I had absolutely no idea what it was going to be about. I just knew I had got a part to be in a play. And I was so happy. Let me tell you, I was like... Yay. Celebrating. Yeah. And then people were like, so what's the play about? What's so your what's role? your role? Yeah. So who do you play? And I'm like... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly have yeah. no idea. Yeah. But we're getting there. We're yeah. working on it, yeah. and we like, yeah, we got together like two, three times a week, I think, just mm-hmm. to like improvise explore and play ideas. and explore, yeah. and and we would just we would just like improvise scenes, and someone would sit in the corner and like type, mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah. we would dance, and then we would like just a little bit of everything, and and it just started um,
2: taking its shape. Yeah, it was just a real like ensemble piece, like, but you know, like. If you were to look up how ensemble theatre works in the dictionary, that would have been like our process last yeah. year, you know, um, and to a certain extent this year as well. Although this year we came in with the the script, Lauren, who was in the cast last year, and I have gone through and we've like rewritten the, we've rewritten parts of the script. We've kind of sifted it out, taken out parts and changed things around. Um, but yeah, I think that, Having like when I when I was casting like both both times when I was casting it was like because there were no specific roles in mind like it wasn't like this is the show and we need this character this character this character Mm -hmm. but I just knew like every person that I've that I've been involved in casting in the show was like I met them and I was like yeah you I want you to be in the show (laughs) like I knew like from uh, after like the first audition with with me yeah yeah. (laughs) I like called Kapila immediately after the audition because she had a callback for another show. And I was like, "You can do the cool
4: but like, I want you for the show." <laughs> and I appreciated that so much. It's just so nice hearing someone um, love your work and really uh, appreciate it, mm-hmm. and then you appreciate it back. You know, it's like, yeah. "Oh yeah, I want to work with you for you mm-hmm. for sure."
1: Yeah. Well, and do you want to remind us when the when Hysteria is coming up? Yes,
2: Hysteria is playing at the Havana Theater in East Vancouver um, from the twenty no from the eighteenth to the twenty first. At 8 p.m. And, and we're releasing a second week <laughs> Yeah,
3: uh, from the 24th to the 28th.
1: Same so, place, same time. So it's going to be really from the 18th to the 28th. Yeah, correct. Correct. So Wednesday to Saturday. Yeah,
2: because, yeah, it's it's been, we've had like a, a great response to that first week. And we want so many people to come see it. We want as many people to see it as possible. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming and taking your time to do this interview. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having us. I'm so happy to hear about Hysteria, and I hope it is the great show. Like, people really come and watch it and feel all those things again, once again, like last year. Yeah, and you'll have to come, and and so
2: let us know when you want to come. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What's the best way to end off summer?
5: Uh, What's the best way to end summer? Well traditionally I would go and play a music festival That
2: is so wrong
5: Okay well the first answer (laughs) This is a really hostile interview Okay so
2: (laughs) Listen up There's only one way to end off summer And that's at the Victory Square block party on September 1st, come bid adieu to the warm weather at the summer's best party. It's fun, it's free, and we want you there. Victory Square Block Party features performances by Kim Mortal, Vijuana, Lovegoon, Sunrise Social, Sylvia Rath, Lucid, Oblomov, and Tom. Plus, there'll be tasty food vendors and a raffle with kick butt prizes. That's September 1st from 2 to 9 p.m. See you there.
3: Well, I always
5: look forward to the fall. I love September. It's my favorite month. That's Um, not an answer. Thanks to sky high gas prices, we can convince America that more drilling is the answer. High gas prices? Drill more. Price is still high? Try drilling in a wildlife refuge. We're off a nice beach.
1: Our traditional energy resources are limited. Luckily, it's easy for students like you to conserve energy.
4: Woke up late for class? Buy some time in the morning by taking a shorter shower. Cut down by one minute every day and save enough to fund your daily caffeine fix for over a week. Plus, you save on electricity and water. Install a water-saving showerhead to save even more.
1: For more energy-saving tips, go to www.bchydro.com. This message brought to you by BC Hydro and CITR 101.9 FM, Vancouver. And we are back now. So now we're actually going to waste no time and go right into an interview with John Walker, as I said before. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And hello, everyone. This is Lua. And today I am here with John Walker on the phone, who is the... And sorry, everyone, we're actually going to have to cut the show super short today. We're going to listen to this interview next week um, on our next show, and hopefully we'll have no issues like we had this week. Um, But yeah, other than that, thank you so much for tuning in. And hopefully next week it will flow a lot more smoothly. And that's it for us today. Thank you and bye bye. Mm Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Spencer Latu Show on CITR 101.9 FM, and I'm your host, Spencer Latu. This is a politics and current event show broadcasting live from
0: unceded territory on UBC's Point Grey campus. And uh, before we get started, I would like to
1: acknowledge that the land on which we gather is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil nations. So um, I'm very excited to be back. Um,
0: this is a new